Holiness Saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finneran, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. This next hour, we study the gift of the inspired and true Word of God and the Word made flesh, who gives grace upon grace upon grace upon grace, and we receive His grace by Paul's powerful words from third, the third chapter of Colossians. Paul gives specific instructions to God's chosen ones for holy living. And let's be honest, we all need instructions. And the beauty of Colossians is it isn't just straight up um, um, instructions to say, you aren't doing this, but he gives these instructions grounded on the gospel. The truth that he has canceled, that the Lord Jesus has canceled the record of debt. Our sin has been set aside and has been nailed to the cross. This next hour, let's dig in. His gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Nice Wrong Word is graciously underwritten by our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. To help us to be strengthened by God's Word this morning, we have the honor to have with us Pastor Lucas Witt of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Baltimore, Maryland. Pastor Witt, welcome back to Thy Wrong Word. Oh, Thanks, Bray. I, uh, I think it cut off right as you were uh, starting to talk about me, but it's, uh, it's, it's great to be back on here with you. It's like, <laughs> well, oh, you're no, with I me now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We're done. No, I, I hear you now. So we're in good shape. So, Pastor Witt, how is, uh, how is Holy Week looking? Uh, well, Holy Week is looking a lot better than last year from my perspective, sure. um, because last year, I, I, yeah, last year we weren't expecting to have anybody in the sanctuary. Um, sure. we, were gonna, we were waving the palms by ourselves. Uh, I took a stack of them, actually, out and handed them out after church. Um, so it's great to know that we will be celebrating and singing uh, with saints inside of the building, uh, as well as outside this year, in a much more comfortable way than last year. Absolutely. And one of the things I, I joke with people right now is, boy, attendance was a lot better for midweek uh, Lenten services, and they're going to be a whole lot better for Palm Sunday than last year. I want to say, what, a 500% increase? I don't know how you would define the uh, percentages, but yeah, a lot more people in the pews this year than last year. Yeah, yeah, we've had explosive <laughs> growth this year in our attendance, let me say that. <laughs> so, Pastor, uh, Pastor Witt, uh, we've, we know each other, and I know you've been on Thy Strong Word before, but we have new listeners all the time. Can you uh, give us a few, uh, introduce yourself, and also tell us about the work of the saints at Emmanuel? Sure, well, um, I'm actually an associate pastor only 25% of the time here at uh, Emmanuel, um, and so what my primary focus is out here is really they send me out as a missionary to Baltimore. Uh, they decide to say, let's upgrade our vicarage um, and, and uh, put about three or four years of, of extra uh, focus and funding that we're uh, trying to raise here to really just say um, we're going to do something um, with Christ as our focus for the city of Baltimore. And so my focus is really uh, looking for people who, who really don't know who he is, <laughs> especially people mm. who may think they know who he is, but they really don't. Um, and so that's come in. Uh, I've partnered with uh, uh, with uh, Salvation Army. Um, I just do street walking. Um, we have a compassion center here. We're trying to get re going again. Um, and so I'm I'm just kind of guys with with my feet on the ground, uh, trying to guide people into closer relationship with Jesus, whether that's towards Emmanuel's building or uh, the church building they're going to, or um, just something completely different, and you know maybe just a coffee shop or a round table or a sidewalk conversation. 
Wow, that is amazing because when you say that, you know, a lot of times you'll say, well, we're, we're reaching this community or we're reaching this neighborhood, but you said all of Baltimore. That's kind of a high calling. Yeah, yeah, that's really, I mean, I was here uh, on Vicarage, and I just fell in love with this city. So when they called up and said, we want to do this, you know, we think you're the guy, um, we're extending you the call. And, uh, you know, I said, well, where, where do you want me to look at? You know, and they just said, basically, the city of Baltimore. So and I thought, oh, that's slightly overwhelming, and it's pretty awesome um, that, that I have that freedom and trust to do that. So. Well, I encourage our listeners, as always, to pray for each one of our guests, especially for Pastor Witt as he takes on a, well, really, it's a Holy Spirit thing. I mean, this is where uh, we trust that the Holy Spirit works through his word, and that really relates with our text today is, as you said, there's that compassion center you want to start going, uh, start it up. There's there's uh, uh, the reality that we have to let the words of Christ dwell in us richly as we do this task. And so, like I said to our listeners, Pray for Pastor Wed and his family and the saints at Emmanuel as you continue this. And, and as we're talking about prayer, uh, as we dig into God's Word, can you begin us in prayer, Pastor Wed? Absolutely. My privilege. Let us pray. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. You have made us your children. Uh, you have washed, washed us in the waters of baptism, uh, taken off the old clothing, the filthy clothing of sin, and called us into a new life. Uh, as we are guided by the words of Paul through the Holy Spirit today, uh, open our eyes that we would see what you'd have to see, open our ears to have us hear what you'd have us to hear, and open our mouths to have us speak what you would have us to speak. We pray this through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Powerful words, as you said in prayer, pointing us to chapter 3, where he talks about, you know, basically, we talked about this yesterday, is, is taking off the, the, the muddy clothing that we have and to have put on the robes of righteousness, as Isaiah 61 talks about, and, and to put on the new self. So as we get to the, the end of Colossians, I mean, we're in the tail end of Colossians right now, uh, what are some background or thematic thoughts you want to um, um, share with us as we begin our time? Yeah, I think we've, you know, you guys have hit quite frequently. We, you know, this is always my, you know, my frustration sometimes with Paul is uh, I think Pastor Martin said yesterday, you know, you only have one end of the telephone call, um, which is right, usually how right. I say it, right? So, you know, we're not totally sure, as you've said before, um, what specific things he's addressing there. Um, what we do know, I'd say today, is first of all, he's, you know, he's coming through a baptismal grace um, that we've gone gone through so far uh, this morning. Uh, I was, after having a late night picking up actually a, a friend from Minnesota, um, hmm. about got back to our house about 2 a.m., plopped into bed, and uh, got up at 5.30, and um, I had a swim. I had a pool reservation, and, you know, I was all groggy and uh, struggling before that, you know, but I hit the water, um, and that just, you know, really woke me up, and, and, you know, ever since then, like, mind was crystal clear, um, you know, just kind of really ready to go. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, <laughs> as we get further yeah. away from that, that water, a, you know, a slow decline, I'm sure, in my mental and physical state <laughs> from the late <laughs> night. Um, you know, but I, I couldn't help but think, like, you know, that's really what we, we have here, you know, a reminder of in Colossians, uh, is it, yeah. it really starts with the baptismal waters that, you know, we're, we're still just, we're waiting in the waters, um, uh, as I remember learning it at Bethlehem there in St. Louis. Uh, so as we're as we're entering into that, uh, I see Paul really, um, you know, he's telling us what we're putting on here. Uh, we've taken off the old, and I like how Pastor Martin put it yesterday. 
um, you know, I was I was thinking of you know before in Colossians we were taking off the old clothes and kind of kind of where he was talking about yesterday he was just like standing with no clothes on, washed, and we're about to put them on here. Um, but I like how he put it yesterday as he took off the old filthy clothes and, and you have Christ clothes underneath, right? Like you're not staying there with uh-huh. nothing. They were already there. You know, they're already there yeah. put on you. Um, as, as the filthy ones are taken off, you're suddenly not like, I don't have anything on, you know, let me get something on quick, but Christ has already clothed you um, in his righteousness, uh, in his salvation, you know, his ticket for eternal life. Um, and so now, as, as I'm looking into the first words of, you know, putting on things uh, in this new lifestyle, it's kind of like, well, I have my, my, you know, my beautiful, flawless undergarment, um, and now I'm, or maybe, maybe more than an undergarment, um, right, you know, right. It could, I could wear it anywhere. I the could clothes, wear it all over the place. It's beautiful. It's the amazing. The clothes underneath. The clothes underneath. Yeah. Right. And now, <laughs> and now it's kind of like the you know also the parts that adorn you know adorn that as well you know putting that on top is so he's kind of changed my I'm a visual guy but he kind of changed my picture yesterday in thinking about you know what we're talking about the words here um, and what we're doing uh, in living a life together in Christ uh, specifically in the church but also into the world. Is really this, these you know these pieces that we're we're putting on top of the the robe of Christ's righteousness that He's always had on us. Right. Oh, that is so good. That is so good. I was thinking about this when you talk about jumping in the pool. Was you know if you really wanted to wake up, you could have done a polar plunge when you know like when you lived in Minnesota. That would have been really good too. <laughs> if I wanted to perish, it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true too. But it's a good reminder for us because often. We do talk in a way that's like, uh, um, okay, I'm going to take off those clothes and I'm going to put, and then I'm going to have like that moment of, because this is how we are in, in this world, right? We have a moment of nakedness or that we have nothing or there's nothing there when the reality is we're always having the robe of Christ, uh, that we are, we are baptized into Christ. And so this is how we are to live. This is the new self. This is how he shows us those instructions today. And that's very helpful as we look at yesterday and really, um, doesn't just point us in that direction today. I mean, it's like full bore, throws us into it, and shows us exactly what we are to do. Um, any last thoughts before we dig in? Yeah, I think it's worth noting that, uh, again, I think the audience is important to distinguish because um, it answers some questions that become harder, but I think it's important to think about that Paul is uh, first addressing us um, as within the, bo- the, cr- the body of Christ, uh, to one another, how we act toward one another, uh, primarily firsthand here as he talks about these terms that are coming up, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness. Um, and then we, we keep those on for the world, uh, but we also, like God does, approach the world in a different way as well because how we live in Christ's body with others um, can be different in our relationships than how we are uh, relating to those outside of Christ's body. Yeah, that's an important distinction too. Let's let's we'll dig into that as we go. Um, reminder to our listeners as we begin our study that if you have any questions concerning our text, obviously Pastor Witt has been digging into this and he was up early and thinking about it all day, so he probably has some good answers for you. Send us a te- send us a an email kfuo at kfuo.org. kfuo at kfuo.org. So let's uh, open up our Bibles and let's get started. Reminder to our listeners, we will be reading from the English Standard Version of Holy Holy Scripture. We'll begin just with verses 12 through 13. We'll move slowly through this as we unpack the riches of God's Word. 12 12 and 13. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. 
bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. So as you said, this is, you know, this is a baptismal way of life. What is he telling us as God's chosen ones and how to live? Well, he's telling us that we in Christ's body are in a relationship uh, with other people, and um, we have been given a new spirit in Christ that we live with each other in a, in a very special way. Um, so you know, I, I love how he puts it. Maybe I'm jumping down too far here. Um, he talks about uh, putting up with one another uh, at some point. Um, but all these things, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. I mean, when we're living with one another, we're still struggling with our sinful state. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if we're, if, we're, if we're living with one another, we also see these, these spots <laughs> that, are, mm-hmm. that are still on us from our old sinful nature. Um, and so when you look at these terms that, that, uh, that Paul has given us, um, it really leads us to, to know how to live with, another, live with one another um, despite all these faults, uh, but really know how to react um, in kindness, uh, humility, meekness, and patience um, to, to be a community that reflects who Christ is with one another. And like you said, that verse 13, bearing with one another is a real thing because we can, we come together as the baptized, you know, we come together as the chosen ones. And just, just affirm this for me, like what you're saying, Paul is really talking about how we react to each other and how we treat each other in the body of Christ specifically. That's what he's addressing here? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, clearly we should have compassionate hearts, you know, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, um, bear with one another uh, in, in all the world. But there's a special way. I think, I think there's a, there's a, you know, a, a safeness to the consistency of being in Christ's family. Right. Um, mm-hmm. This becomes pretty difficult when you think about, you know, uh, if I'm going to be, you know, humble. Um, to the world that is being very demanding of me, that's demanding that I change, um, that is incompatible with how I see the world. You know, that, that presents a, a pretty difficult uh, <laughs> situation because, you know, I mean, well, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of churches, and I would say we all fall in this sometimes too, right? We want to be liked and we want to be seen as okay and we don't want to be off-putting. Um, and so it's tempting to kind of to bend to that. But, you know, here in, in Christ's family, as Paul calls us to, to kind of, you know, bend with one another and... Um, yeah, bearing. I, I just like the translation. Put up with one another. It's just how I'd say it to yeah. my kids. <laughs> um, but it, it really, it's it's in it's in this uh, this safe place. You know, this safe space that no, well, we're we're sinners simultaneously while we're saints, but um, we totally are made new in Christ, and we're all pursuing this together with with give and take, um, and we all are working towards, as Paul said, um, you know, our kindness, our humility, our meekness, our patience with one another. Um, and then the forgiving one another, you know, if I mm-hmm. say to somebody on the street, um, you know, I forgive you, um, that's going to take a whole lot more explanation uh, to wipe the confused look off their face um, than if I'm talking to somebody in, in the church uh, who, who knows exactly what I mean. <laughs> um, right, right. I, I forgive you, and they know it's, 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 not, real, it's not a, a smug statement <laughs> saying, like, look at what I've done, um, but it's really saying, you know, Whatever has happened, uh, our relationship needs to be restored, right? 
And I, and I love how the language here is, is exactly like in Ephesians chapter 6, where it says, put on, put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And, and because there, it's not something that we have to drum up within ourselves, which is typically how I have thought about this, you know, especially as a father and, and as a pastor and just as a human being is that I have to put on this uh, compassion. Like I have to drum this up within me. No, it's, it's something that God will give to us. It's, it's, it's a gift from God, much like the uh, uh, fruit of the spirit we hear about in Galatians chapter five. And to me, that is a, a powerful reality for us to think about in the church is, is that God puts us on us, uh, maybe not the best word, but equips us or strengthens us to do this in the body of Christ because it looks like an impossible task. Like, how can I be compassionate to everybody? How can I be kind to everybody? How can I be humble? Because I think most of us are quite narcissistic <laughs> from the very beginning, but he's the one who gives us these gifts so that we can bear with one another. Uh, because what did you say, put up with one another? Is that another translation? Yeah, yeah, that's, I think, a more contemporary <laughs> way to put it, but it's actually a common one that I've seen, so. Oh, okay, yeah, and I, I like that, too, because uh, because sometimes we use it as a negative, but the reality is we're bearing, we're putting up with one another all the time as Christ's family, and this is something that is is good, it's uh, it's according to God's will, and all of this, he equips us to be able to do it. Um I don't know. Any other thoughts from this? Because I, I know humility is kind of a unique one. I know you have written some things about that. Any thoughts? Yeah, that's really, really the word that stuck out to me the most. Um, you know, I heard multiple times that humility was looked, you know, nobody said be humble. Nobody wore a, put a bumper sticker on or a T-shirt, you know, that said be humble or I, I'm humble um, in Greco-Roman culture back then. Um, and, you know, if we're honest, we don't, we don't do it too easily either <laughs> today. No. But back then, you know, it, it wasn't seen as, as a virtue, you know, as a positive thing. I mean, you, you were supposed to be... Um, you know, just putting yourself up, placing yourself up there. Um, talk, you know, later as it talks about in the family, you know, like the man, the husband was, you know, he was the holder of, of the keys of life and death, basically, in a family. Um, so humility was a big contrast uh, for them back then. Um, and so, yeah, I was, I was thinking about how that, how that contrasts with the world uh, as we see around us. Um, let's see, Matthew 11, yeah, I had up here, you know, Jesus says mm -hmm. what, you know, from the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, the violent take it by force. Um, mm -hmm. Matthew 20 says, you know, the rulers of Gentiles, right, lord it over them, right, that's how they do it. Uh, then continues, see, this is Matthew 25 and 26, you know, not so among you, right, whoever would be great among you must be your servant, uh, so I was thinking of, of this when people talk about, you know, who, who is great in athletics. Um, I was obsessed with basketball uh, growing up, and I, I still enjoy it, but uh, that was, you know, that was my baby back growing up. Um, and they, I'd, I'd hear people debate about, you know, who's the best and, and the guys on, on uh, you know, the shows who know everything now, ESPN. Um, you know, they talk about who's the best, and they'd say, you know, a star, a star gets stats. You know, a star, you know, they get their points, they get their rebounds, they get their, their uh, they earn their money, um, you know, they, they put up the numbers and they get, you know, they get put on posters, right? Um, mm -hmm. But when you're looking for who the greatest is, you know, that's a superstar and that's somebody who, who makes somebody else better, right? They make their team better, they lift others up. So, yes, they are doing great things, um, just like the star, except 
they may even be stepping back <laughs> um, from their own accomplishments uh, to actually make others better. And so, I mean, that's exactly what Jesus Jesus is. You know, he's the superstar um, who who steps back and gives his righteousness to us to live a life that can be. Uh, where, where the greatest is, you know, the lowest at the table, where the greatest is those who are humble. Um, and that's, I'll, I'll, st- I'll stop there, but that's in contrast to, you know, a, a world around us, um, which, which, you know, really, really goes for the, goes for, you know, the easiest way to get up top is to beat, you know, beat down, get on top, cancel others out. Yeah, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as go. a ransom for many. And that's and that's so important. Like the, the sports analogies are, are very, very helpful because the ones that uh, uh, make the team better often are not the ones who are highlighted. But then when you have, especially basketball, you have a guy who could average 35 points and their team is 10 and 71. I mean, what's the point of that, you know, um, because the team's not getting any better, but you're getting accolades. But really, if you know, the point is to win, you know, and for the for the Christian, the point is to serve. Uh, Jesus even says, whoever be first among you must be slave or servant of all. And, and that's where this really kind of puts that to the forefront is the reality of the Christian, especially among each other, is that we're all in the same playing field right we're chosen ones we're, we're sinners who have been chosen we are sinners who have been forgiven all of it you know we have no right to say i'm just putting up with them and they don't have to put up with me right i mean it goes both ways of, of seeing this is how we are to be and god gives us the gifts to be able to do that um other thoughts on that i mean there, we could talk about this all day but i i, I think about this a lot and how how do we get this? I mean, 12 and 13 tell us all these good things. How? What is a Christian to do? They'll say, well, I'm not very compassionate. I'm not very kind. I'm not very humble. What do I do? How would you instruct them at that? Uh, well, I think in this situation, I'd probably have them go a little bit further into the reading here. Um, <laughs> okay, good point. Good point. Uh, so let's do that now, and then I'll have you answer that question. How about that? Okay. All right. So let's go down through verse—I uh, was going to go through— 15, let's go through 16, as you're saying that, yeah. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. I'll just keep going here. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All right. So maybe this is a good place for us to go. And I I appreciate you pushing me in that direction is, okay, all these things, how do I get the strength? How how am I even able to do any of these things? Well, I think that's where, again, it kind of, it lurks in in the background, um, it all connects to, to baptism, to the new life we have in Christ. Um, so I, I like, you know, stepping back how, you know, I like how you, you said it before, lest, you know, lest I jump over it, because I have this, uh, each day I kind of have this, this mindset of, you know, live like it's up to you, um, but fully recognize it's, it's up to God, right? right. And so that way, yeah. I, you know, I get, a, get out of bed and I say, you know, like, I, gotta, I, gotta, you know, I can't just, like, roll my lazy boy out in front of my house and be like, you know, all right, I'm going to wait for whoever wants to come up to me and talk to me about Jesus, right? Um, but <laughs> I've got, got my plan, I've got my initiative, you know, I get, get my mind clear. 
Um, you know, I, I eat my Wheaties and, and then <laughs> we'll get into these other things. Um, you know, but, but fully recognizing no matter, you know, no matter what happens that day, you know, the connections, the, the, the words that, that come out, um, you know, it's, it's God who's put all these pieces in place. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's in a sense filled, filled the backpack uh, with all these things when you say, you know, I've got to, I've got to reach for, for kindness and compassion and patience. You know, where, where does that come from? Well, it didn't come from my Wheaties or my morning workout, right? It came because, mm-hmm. you know, God filled my, God filled my pack um, and does it daily as he drowns me in the baptismal waters. So right here, uh, I mean, Paul's prescription is, you know, as we're, he reminds us that we, you know, we're putting on, putting on love, right? And love is, love is an action. Love is a verb. Love is a commitment. I think I say that every time I run across this word, mm-hmm. um, but we're, we're wound up in, into it as an emotion, right? But, you know, love, love is a, love is a commitment. That's the word I like to use for it. Um, mm-hmm. It binds us, binds us together here. So then we have what? Paul says, let, you know, the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, All right? That's how we're, we're called to be together. Um, where does this peace come from? <laughs> well, it's mm. the peace of Christ, right? Right. Um, so this next step, and I'm honestly, uh, I'm not sure in my head uh, or anywhere for that matter. Um, I'd be curious of your insight, Brady, yeah. uh, if this next part from 15 to 16 um, is like a progression of now the you know let the peace of Christ rule, um, and then let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Or as we get to verse 16, is it let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, right? And we know in community, um, he has right there, right, teaching and admonishing one another. This is more community talk of of the church of the body of Christ, right? Uh, you know, let it dwell in you as you're as you're meditating on it, as you're hearing it. Um, as you're teaching, as you're being taught, as you're lifting up one another. Um, and then it shows up in, in our songs, right, our psalms that we sing and pray, uh, hymns, um, spiritual songs, the creative expressions that really keep coming off our lips um, throughout our generations. Uh, and so you have the word of Christ there. So what I'm still, I'm curious of your insight here, yeah. um, is, you know, when you let the word of Christ dwell, um, is that saying how you let the word of Christ dwell in you is the peace of Christ, um, or is the peace of Christ uh, the first step in the process, and then um, the word of Christ dwells? I don't know if I said that very well, but... Um, oh, you did. Yeah, you did. Because this is something um, very important. Is it uh, from the word this comes, or is it from the peace? And I think this is one of those things at seminary you would often hear something like, well, the answer is probably yes. Now let's try to unpack how this looks. So we're going to have to do that on the other side of our break. But this is important for you, our listeners, is to think about, okay, I need to do these things. Now, where is my source of strength and ability to do it? So we have to go to our break now. We are studying Colossians chapter 3 with Pastor Lucas Witt, and we'll be right back. In 2020, the world was blindsided 
At the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, we quickly refocused on how to best serve the church. Our COVID-19 response team took action, reaching out and listening to our borrowers. In response, we offered a number of financial remedies that allowed our borrowers time to stabilize. We also provided online streaming kits for churches, gift cards for food pantries, financial support for LCMS church workers, and much more. Life's not yet back to normal, and that's why we're still here for you. Visit lcef.org to learn more. The Missouri Army National Guard can help you get the education you need to land the career you've always wanted. The Guard will pay up to 100% of your tuition for up to 39 credit hours per academic year at 90 colleges and tech schools across the state. You're eligible as soon as you enlist. Learn more about the many benefits that come with serving part-time in the Missouri Army National Guard. Visit NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association in this station. When someone says they've got you covered, do you feel insulted or relieved? This week on the Lutheran Hour, Dr. Michael Ziegler tells how Christ covers the debt we could never pay and covers us with righteousness we could never earn in a message titled, Got You Covered, this week on the Lutheran Hour. Sundays at 1230 and 5 p.m. on Worldwide KFUO. And welcome back. We're studying Colossians chapter 3 with Pastor Lucas Witt. And as we have been digging through these first five verses, five or six verses, it is clear that we know a a number of things. The first thing, and I think this relates to what we're talking about, and Pastor Witt, you've said so well, is that uh, yesterday we talked about putting on the new self. It's not a matter of having to reach out and grab this new self, but it's a new self that our Lord has already put on us. Um, and, and that's something important for us, I think, as we look at this. Verse 12 says, we are God's chosen one. Um, and he talks about that the peace of Christ ruled in your hearts. Clearly that that peace is already there. We're chosen. Christ's peace is there. But at the same token, how do we... Um, continually receive this peace, clearly it comes from the words of Christ. Those are my first thoughts, and I want some of your thoughts back. That's how I'm thinking through this, and I'm trying to figure out that's what you're asking (laughs) during our time, because these are important words for us as we live our Christian life. Thoughts, Pastor? Yeah, I think you know, so many times in when we talk about uh, the mysteries we have, the answer the answer is yes. Um, and God handles things in, in in different ways, in different orders. You know, even though you know we have our our systematic theology books about the Holy Spirit, you can see how there's um, there's different ways and and even you know exceptions sometimes to how we usually expect Him in Scripture um, from the majority of time. So I think uh, this you know the peace and the Word of Christ just just go together. Um, mm-hmm. With an answer of yes is is where I'm going with there because they I mean they really build right like mm-hmm. right. Um, peace comes from you know the word of God word of Christ um, and as that dwells in you and you're hearing you know more of uh, who he is and what he has done and being built up um, by the sacraments and in community uh, with others uh, as he sends his Holy Spirit uh, you have more peace and so there's really this uh, this reinforcing cycle both ways of, you know, you have more peace, you have more word, you have more word, you have more peace. And that builds up the body um, of Christ and makes, you know, makes all these things, uh, the meekness, the patience, the, the forgiveness, um, you know, just uh, we're, the, the Holy Spirit equips us, you know, even more um, to be able to do that 
and look even less and less in contrast uh, to how the world would have us respond and tell us to respond and how our sinful nature would ask us to respond as well. And it's something I've, and, and to jump on, on that is, this has kind of changed my prayer life um, in, in this sense that because I know I'm chosen, because I know the Lord has already, has forgiven me and therefore I should be forgiven to others and the peace of Christ is there and I have the gift of his word. The prayer is, Lord, um, fill me with these things so that I can do what you call me to do. Um, like you're going to visit with someone maybe you're not real patient with. Lord, give me patience. Um, you're visiting somebody that you're not is not not always kind to you, so you pray that you can be kind to them. And then also, kind of like you said in the morning, okay, here we go. I'm not going to lazy boy, especially for you. You're going out in the streets of Baltimore, and you're asking, saying, Lord, help me to be patient. Help me to bear with one another. Help me to forgive. Help me to have peace. Help me to have these things dwell in me richly. Is it, It's changed my prayer life to say, how can I do this? And obviously, each night I still have to ask, uh, Lord, forgive me where I have done wrong <laughs> and uh, and move forward. So any thoughts on that? And I'm kind of intrigued to hear how this kind of plays out for you as you do your work in Baltimore. Oh, boy. Um, with, you know, again, I, I hate blaming COVID on things or <laughs> even, you know, making a <laughs> right. factor. But, you know, as, as we were uh, having a, a, a luncheon to kind of a, a, a campaign um, to help to help fund this, uh, you know, everybody was kind of like, you know, this started and then COVID. We were supposed to do this a year ago. So it it really varies. But I think, um, you know, where, where I was going with this in my head is how. I mean, I, I try and keep up on the news um, and, you know, the, the things that are happening in the city and, and people's concerns, you know, and, and so often um, it's easy to get upset, right, and to say, you know, I'm, I'm hearing so much about, um, you know, I mean, well, of course, there's, there's you know, the, the COVID uh, uh, virus and, and all that going on, but, you know, even you hear about, you know, legislation and, and you hear about, um, you know, cancel culture and, and uh, you hear about, um, you know, trying to divide people up according to, you know, how they look and what they've done. Um, and, and that can really be derailing, right? Mm. But the, mm-hmm. the, the thing is, you know, with, when, when clothed in these things, um, you know, when, when you can listen with a compassionate heart, you know, hearing a story of, a, you know, a lady just the other day, um, won't, won't get into details, but, you know, and this is a national story, but, you know, she because of something she did in the past, she basically had to resign from her, you know, kind of high profile position. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, usually when I'm talking about somebody who has very different views than me, like this person, um, or like I run into, you know, <laughs> sometimes your first inclination is to, you know, think about, Oh, we have these differences and these views and how can they think that? And how could they do that? Um, you know, but really it's, it's a compassionate heart, right? It's really a, a spirit of uh, meekness and humbleness, um, that, that really says, you know, well, number one, isn't that me? <laughs> I mean, that's definitely me, right, before I have, you know, all these uh, these new clothes on that Christ has given me. Um, and secondly, that's an open door, right? Like, as much as I can, you know, struggle with, you know, like, no, all these judging people the way we are and all the critical theory going on and such, you know, the, the thing is, eventually that, that breaks down and, and people attack each other in the world, Um you know, so whether whether it's in uh, you know in political parties or whether whether it's movements, um, eventually something that's run by you know with the mentality of the world just starts to self-destruct by attacking itself, right? And people get hurt by that, 
And that is where, instead of thinking about, well, they were part of this group or that group or did this, um, you know, you see the hurt, right? You, mm-hmm. see, you see the struggle. You see the pain um, of, uh, of a system that maybe they used to uh, be a part of, and, and suddenly they're, they're wounded. And that is the opportunity to come in and, um, you know, Lord willing, keep that compassionate heart uh, that kindness and, and give the gospel proclamation of, you know, let me tell you about, you know, a new life where, you know, the past doesn't come back to haunt you, right? Let me tell you about uh, a community where people can forgive and move on um, and love one another no matter what has happened. So uh, I, I think I kind of summarized, you know, what mm-hmm. I look for um, as I'm, <laughs> you know, as, a, as I have my Holy Spirit radar up, uh, in the streets of Baltimore here, but but it's you know it, it's relevant to everybody, right? There, there's always hurting people who are hurt by others, um, inside the church and outside the church, and uh, you know by by the grace of God, um, and being clothed in this way, you know we're sent out to be healers in the world. And I like how you mentioned how, especially right now, and this has got to be a major part of your work, and it's a major part of our work in the church. Period, is to listen to listen what people are, are feeling, uh, what they're struggling with. Maybe they're struggling with having compassionate hearts and kind hearts and being humble and meek and patient. But that just doesn't happen in one conversation. That happens over a long time period, which is where we need to continually let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, um, continually need to uh, teach and admonish and sing psalms and hymns to be uh, to know that this is who I am chosen. This is what I'm wearing, the robes of Christ's righteousness. I have the peace of Christ on me. Uh, Lord, help me to be strengthened to do exactly what you're saying is how can we be patient? How can we listen? How can we do all these things and to do it all in his glory? And and this is where I feel like I should read this all the time. Maybe this is a text we should read before we preach. This is a text. Actually, the whole book of Colossians might be a good one for us. Um but it definitely points us to that reality. This is God's work, not our own. So as we look at these, Pastor, any other uh, last thoughts on these portion? Because we, we have other ones to get into that are important as well. It's true. Um, I think that's a good, a good point. You put a nice bow on it there. Oh, good. Good. All right. Well, let's, let's move to the next section, because it goes from the, the whole body of Christ. Okay. And then this is how I how I read this, and I know you wrote some of this too. Is then it kind of comes to our homes, because if you were to look at a lot of uh, way things work in our lives, it's you know our, our church community, it's our home and our work community, right? So we kind of have these three things are the major place that we go in our lives: uh, our church, our home, our work. And whatever is left over after that is uh, not a lot of time, to be honest. Those are the three places that we might spend our time. And here is going to speak about the home. Now, reminder to our listeners, as we talk about some of these things, it's a little bit countercultural. It doesn't mean that people aren't living this way. It means that if you say certain words, people kind of get their uh, antenna up and go a little bit like, oh, dare you say this? And, and it's good for us to remember we believe that the, the Holy Scriptures are true. That's what Pastor Witt and I are, are committed to. We, we put it all through the lens of Christ because Christ never asked us to do anything that he wouldn't do first himself. You know, the words that he tells us are exactly what he's willing to do himself for us, ultimately on the cross. And finally, that we have a very, very strong understanding of the differences of how God has made us, 
but us to, to be complete as one with him. So those are little precursors as we look at these verses. Uh, let's read verses 18 and 19, and let's dig in. Paul says, Wives, submit to your husbands, as it is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. So, well, he continues on with others, but I wanted to kind of go piece by piece through this. But I know you talk a little bit about how he doesn't just talk about the men in the group, but he talks about everybody. You want to touch on that before we begin this? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, well, you you talked about how this is, you know, this is different, how, how the world thinks. And, you know, in, in this whole section, you know, I, I think about, you know, Paul's, Paul's turning upside down, you know, the institution. I, I still think in Rome, you know, family was, you know, perhaps the bedrock institution, like we say, you know, in a, in a uh, Christian home, in a Christian um, background, as God has designed it. Um, but he's turning it, other, he's, tur- he's turning the positions of power uh, differently here um, to reflect really, really reality, right? When, whenever I get, you know, take this a bit too personal for, um, what God is doing, or uh, you know, think about abilities and positions, and you know, maybe I should have been the ho- next host on Die Strong, right, Brady? You know, um, you know, don't I have as much ability? Well, you know, I think it's your killer good looks that set us apart. But that's you know, right, that's right. Radio. Face for radio, face for radio. <laughs> um, but uh, but you know, to take a step back and, and think about everything God sets up. Um, you know, re- reflects his, his economy, his reality, how, how he has designed things. I mean, yes, there's there's sinful sinfulness, you know, built into all this and, and human intervention. Um, but really, you know, everything that God lets stand for a while still has this. If you look look for it, has this this reflection of relationship. You know, God's relationship with His people um, in the Trinity. There, there's something there that reflects who He is, even if it's not something that we, you know, are going to see eternally as God designed it. So. Um, here, getting back to, you know, kind of where you were pointing, like, instead of talking to just the men, um, something just hit me. He, he's talking to the, the husbands, the wives, uh, the children, the slaves. Like, as, as far as I understand, back then, you know, it, like, <laughs> it kind of be uh, like the, the gatherings, um, you know, with my extended family. You know, the, the ladies would be in the kitchen. Uh, the guys would be in the living room or the garage. Um, there'd be a football game on. Um, kids would be upstairs. Uh, you kind of talk to your own your own people for the most part. Um, but here he's he's talking to all of them. Like they're they're here and and they're if not reading it, they're listening to it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not like pass this on. You know, guys pass this on. But it's husbands, wives, children, slaves. You who have this um, part in the family that you're in, the household that you're in. Um, you know, th- this is for you. This is the life in Christ that, that you have. So uh, as much as maybe our first inclination is to look for divisions, um, and, and that's important to distinguish, but, you know, he, he's, he's really setting a level playing field in that regard here where he's saying, you know, this, which we you know, now know is God's word, you know, this is for all you. This life is for all you. And that's important for us to remember because the church, well, you know, Paul does talk about, you know, um, that I, you know, I'd be all things for all people. And and it's important to know that, one, we all start in the same playing field because we're all sinners needing of God's grace. At the same time, that every person has a vocation. I know you and I, you and I were trained in this and understood that, you know, Martin Luther talked extensively about this, is that we all have 
holy vocations as as a single person, as a married person, as a widow, as a widower, as a, as a worker, as a citizen, all these things that we all have holy vocations. And here he kind of he goes countercultural. He tells them, I'm going to address every person, even children who probably would be seen no differently than a bond servant or a slave in this context. And he and he addresses them all because they all are one in Christ. A very common theme. Galatians here in Colossians, because as you said so well to begin us, this is a baptismal identity. Uh, it reveals itself differently. You know, like we don't want to compare ourselves to a, a person in a different job completely and act as if it's the same. It's different. But it also is addressed equally by him. So, yeah, any any other thoughts on the, the, the basis before we get to husbands and wives? Yeah, I, I, I love that term vocation. It's one of those things that I, I <laughs> when we start talking about jobs with people, you know, and they say, well, what are you going to do? And, you know, you know, how much are you going to make? And, you know, all, all that important thing. Uh, all the important things that you know they learn in college about what to do, you know, why you're doing a job, and you know, to step back right. into vocation and say, like, you know, what this really is is service, right? How are you going to serve, you know, if you know who God is, you know, how are you going to serve God, and how are you going to serve others, right? And um, you know, we can look in this in in relation to like, where's my position, real, you know, in regard to others. Um, but really, I think when you take a step back, you know, the beautiful thing here when you look at you know this this household, I guess, with these four positions. Um, it, it's really it, it's it, it's a you know it's a household that that works together, right? People have different different places in that, and it's really a unit um, that 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 functions um, in a in a positive, amazing way uh, when when following the way it's supposed to. And that's that's a gr- I think that's a good question for us to ask as we look at these verses. How am I going to serve? So how is the wife going to serve? How is the husband going to serve? How are the children going to serve? How are the bond servants or slaves going to serve? How is the master going to serve? And that's an important way to look at it. As, as we said, you know, he, he came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. It's not about, uh, okay, what's my job quote here? It's about how can I serve? I think, is that a good way? You think that's a good way to start this? Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So let's, let's look at 18 and 19. It says, for wives, how they are to serve, and husbands, how they are to serve. How are we to look through this in our current culture? That was a question for me. <laughs> that was a question for you, yeah. yeah. That's what I want to hear from you, yeah. <laughs> okay, say it one more time, Brady. Well, I'm just saying, you have wives, how can they serve, and husbands, how can they serve? What is Paul telling them on how they are to serve? Yeah, I mean, it, it's complementary. I think, uh, you know, Ephesians 5, you know, you guys hit this really well. I, mm-hmm. I listened back to that, right? But, um, again, here's where you get some of these words that, uh, you know, if you, if, if, if you don't quite see what God's will is, you know, um, this is a struggle. But, you know, wives in a position, again, not, this isn't uh, women submit to men, right? This is wives, right? If you have decided to enter into a union with another man, um, which, personally speaking, is a, is a great thing, um, mm-hmm. right? You know, your position is, is to, you know, let him be the head of the household, submit to him um, in a special position, because, you know, that's, that's the God-given role uh, for, for this position. To, um, to Your husband is designed to lead, um, and he's also designed to, to be the utmost carer for you, right? That's how he's wired. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, w- women get to, uh, you know, well, it's, it's a tough word, right? But women are in this position of um, of uh, leaning on, on their husband um, who is wired to take care of them. And even, as you guys said, I remember hearing, right, give up, 
give up their life for him, right? This is this is a reflection of what you know Christ in us, right? Um, the, Jesus gives his life up for the church. You know, the man mm-hmm. is is designed and wired to be in that position to care for, support, um, you know, his wife. Uh, you know, maybe not necessarily monetarily all the time, right? And all, and all the, mm-hmm. the the little things, but but really in the you know in the uh, in the emotional way and in, in the in the protective way. Um, you know, his his first more first mo- his first responsibility um, is to is to love them, right? Like Christ loves the church. Absolutely. And this is where there's a after we did the program on Ephesians five, I found a few resources, and one of them was the idea of love and respect with Dr. Emerson Egrick, and he's not a Lutheran, but he has a lot of good stuff on marriage and relationships, and he speaks about how, especially in Ephesians five verse thirty three, he talks about the wives are to respect their husbands and husbands are to love their wives, and it's one of those things we we have a tendency that a husband wants to show more respect for his wife when his wife wants to be loved and 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 a wife will want to re- show uh, to love her husband more so that that he but he wants to be respected and and it's one of those things that we go back and forth because we are different and here it's a, a good understanding for us to understand why does the husband want to be respected or we would say submission because we're always submitting as Christ submit submits to us you know and he submitted uh, to do his will and to love uh, is different for men and women and this is a great text for us to realize there is a difference that I, I really do suggest people to look at love and respect by Dr. Emerson Egerick yeah. and uh, it's a great understanding of how we are different and how our Lord has made us and how this fruit that is bore when we look at that but we have to keep going here we have to keep pushing through the text we have about eight minutes left let's read uh, let's read verses 20. Um, and 21. Children, obey your parents in everything, for as pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. This is probably one of those moments where the parents are say, hey, kids, read this part right here. <laughs> obey your parents in everything. But it also includes the fathers. Any thoughts on these two verses? Um, yeah, 20, right? 20 is a parent. You're like, oh, you know, great. That's, that's wonderful to hear. Um, you know, but I think 20, <laughs> you know, 21 is a good reminder, too. You know, I would say that, you know, nobody's harder on me than myself, right? right? I'm always looking to nitpick, like, you know, what I did wrong in my sermon or Bible study or, you know, how I could have done better. Um, and I got to remember that, you know, that, that also makes me kind of prone to look for that, uh, you know, maybe not so much in, in strangers as much as my own children, you know, um, mm-hmm. in them. And so I think that's one of those reminders for me of, um, you know, sometimes we say, well, you don't need self-esteem, you just need Jesus. But I think, I mean, there, there really is something to, um, you know, building up and using all these qualities we've been talking about uh, yeah. for, for your children as well. Um, because, you know, again, as we live like Jesus, you know, that's the, that's the strongest witness, uh, you know, to how they will see Jesus too, right? It's not on, it's not on Sunday morning, or you mentioned before, you know, there's the, the church doors, but it's really in the home. Um, right. It's really in the home where, where the children learn, you know, what it means to be Christ-like, what their parents are like to be Christ-like. Um, I mean, that, that's the bedrock of, of where the faith is passed on. <laughs> you know, exactly. It's, it's exactly. And that's where it's important here that he not only speaks to husbands, but he also speaks to fathers. So this is clearly not a, you know, well, just listen to whatever the father has to say. He's telling them, hey, you listen up here too. You 
um, we can have a tendency, and I think we can agree with this, that we have a tendency to um, provoke our children and and to nitpick, like you said, um, to look at things. Uh, this is what I want, as opposed to what's good for the family. Or this is I'm not serving. I'm just nitpicking here. Right. And as children, we know how we were, and we know how we're not always obedient. And even to, to this day, my parents are still with us. And there's times I need I need to be able to be better obeying them. Um, to to please the Lord as God has given to them, given them to me as a gift and and my children as well. And so this I'm, I'm going to take one step back is all of these words are good for us to step back and think, OK, Lord, how can I serve? It gives us kind of a, it gives us a clear conscience of understanding how can I serve in God's kingdom? And it's so simple. But the question for me today, and, and I want to hear your thoughts, is how can I love my wife better today? How can I not provoke my children today? And for you who are wives, how can I respect and submit to my husband today? And and that leads to repentance and leads us hopefully to a new life. Any any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I think your your comment about uh, love and respect um, mm-hmm. is is just huge when when pondering. You know, how how can I reach out to my spouse? Um, and, and what they look for. So, I mean, yes, I want to say, you know, be grounded in the word, you know, and pray about this and, and, you know, show you're thankful and everything. But, um, that, that, that's something I think to, to, to keep those words in mind, uh, is really huge in, in how to relate to your spouse, um, in a grander scale. And yeah, how can I serve? How was, how, how am I, how am I able to serve today? Let's continue on. We have about four minutes left. Verse 22, we'll go all the way to the end. Bond servants or slaves, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So then he turns to bondservants, and, and this is a little bit difficult for us to filter through because of our, our past in America, but uh, how, would you, how, how would you break that down? Bondservant, how would you equate that? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a tough one. We to say, oh, four minutes, because you've got to throw yeah. away a lot mm-hmm. of our a lot of our uh, baggage there. But um, I think, I mean, the two most common ways for somebody to be in that position, uh, you know, number one is is they, you know, in this situation, they they rose up, <laughs> they rose up uh, uh, and, and tried to rebel, um, mm-hmm. and, and they were they were uh, put down that way because they were they were going against authority, right? Um, the other thing, and part of the beauty you pick up more in the in the Old Testament with this is, I mean, a lot of times this is this is how somebody pays back a debt, right? Mm-hmm. Or this is how somebody um, can can live uh, because you know they they don't have another job, right? It's it's somebody on the street, and um, instead of you know throwing food at them, you bring them into your house and you say you know pay off your debt that you owe me um, instead of throwing you in jail or. Or um, you know, instead of me just giving you something, let me help you you know keep your pride and uh, and you can you can work for it you know instead of just another handout. So um, this is especially one of those spots when I think when you look into you know again I don't see slavery as something that's you know eternal, but when you look into how God uses the shortcomings of man in, in this with this term and bond servants, you you really see how how God uses it for the care 
um, for the care of somebody in a difficult situation in much of the time. Right. And he's, he's bringing that out, too, because he doesn't leave the masters off the hook. But he says, treat your slaves or bond servants justly and fairly, knowing that you have a master in heaven. It always goes back to our relationship with the Lord, relationship yeah. with us. He does, Like I said, he doesn't ever ask us to do anything that he wouldn't do himself. Submit, yep, he submitted to us. Love, yep, he died, all, he loved all the way to Christ. Obedience, yes, he was obedient even to the point of the cross and to obey in every way and to be just and fair to all people. That's who Christ Christ is. Now, Pastor Witt, we have about 30 seconds left. How would you sum up this chapter uh, for us today? Oh, man. Uh, you know, what is it? The emperor's, uh, the emperor's clothes, you know, you, you don't need to worry about, you know, walking around with, with nothing on with Christ. I mean, he has clothed us in, in a new life by the Holy Spirit through baptism. Um, and, and, you know, and in the pockets are these things we've talked about, you know, kindness, patience, forgiveness, all those things. So, um, we, we can walk around like, like an emperor, uh, knowing that we are clothed by Christ. Pastor Lucas Witt of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Baltimore, Maryland, giving us Jesus from Colossians chapter 3. Pastor Witt, thank you for being our guest. My pleasure. Thank you. Saints of our Lord, let the word of Christ dwell on you richly. Sing some psalms, sing some hymns, spiritual songs with thanksgiving because we know we are able to do all these things because of our Lord Jesus who has clothed us in his righteousness and has forgiven you. Be The Lord be with you this weekend. I'm your host, Brady Finnern, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church. Thank you for joining us and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands.